What we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome to Spieling and Feeling, everybody. I am Patrick S. Harrison. I am joined, as always, by the only person, the only podcast host, I should say, to be impeached twice, Sam Oliver. Sam, how are you today? What was I impeached for? I don't know. It, it's what's in the news. Sam, have you been watching any of this coverage? about? No, the... I... Whoa. I, just, I see some clips on online but i haven't been watching it no same powerful new footage has been i saw released. some of that i saw some of that Cap- stuff. i think they're really gonna get him i think this is it justice will be served anyway we have a huge episode of spieling and dealing this week uh we're going to be talking about the new justin timberlake starring film palmer available now on apple tv plus uh and then in honor of valentine's day it's a valentine's day theme show should have led with that. We're also going to be talking uh, about uh, the new Britney Spears documentary episode uh, of a show called The New York Times Presents on Hulu. It's a docuseries. So, very exciting. Sam, Valentine's Day show. You excited? Yeah. We're technically talking about a breakup. Well, the theme is a breakup, but, you know, it's kind of there. Now, whose music do you listen to more these days, would you say, Britney or Justin? Oh, I mean, JT. He's always the better musician, but I do like some old school Britney. Yeah. Was doing some reading. On, did you know that he lives in Montana now? Does he live there or he just owns like a piece of property there? That's true. Well, he owns property everywhere. You know, he's probably a well, billionaire. Doesn't, well, doesn't he live in like Nashville? I read that he was now a Montana man in in uh, something I read, but who knows? I could be wrong. Um, I see a lot of celebrities are buying like property in like Idaho and Montana or something. I heard Wyoming, that, like, yeah. A lot of celebrities are doing that now. Yeah, people are trying to get away, you know, get that get that space. Uh, but Sam, let's let's start this show with a little bit of news. Uh, you, I mean. You texted your text me news stories nonstop these past couple of days. Sam, Sam there was is a, a Hollywood lot. insider. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of cool, uh, good, good stuff. We 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 chopped it down though. Well, Sam, let's let's start out with the Wizard of Oz remake. You brought this to my attention. Give us the scoop. What's going on? What do you think? Apparently, they're doing a Wizard of Oz remake. It's a, uh, it's going to be divisive. It's probably already is if people have seen the story. Uh, I'm against it. This is a movie that shouldn't be touched, but obviously they were always going to do it at some point. Your thoughts? A movie that shouldn't be touched. Well, you know, I actually I looked up just now when or for how long The Wizard of Oz is going to be. When will it reach the the public domain? Uh, and I guess it'll the movie the mo- or the book is actually already in the public domain, but the original film is not. So I think anybody could actually make a Wizard of Oz movie, uh, but I'm not surprised at all. And I actually feel like there's a lot more content to be mined from the Wizard of Oz story. Like, why don't they just make, like, five films? You know, first they make one for Tin Man, one for Dorothy, one for the Cowardly Lion. You know, one for each character before they come together. You know, really milk this IP for all it's worth. Now, they never actually made Wicked into a film, did they? The very popular musical? No, they did. They made that prequel one with James Franco, uh, but it wasn't Wicked. It was uh, it was about like the wizard, before he gets before he 
before the Wizard of Oz. It was about the wizard. Is that just Green, called like uh, the Wiz? It's it? called the Great. No, oh. the Wiz is the the black version of the Wizard of Oz. Oh, uh, okay. The Great and Powerful Oz, I think it was called, with James Franco. It was probably like four or five years ago. It came out. Hmm. I'm I'm completely blanking on that. I, I'm vaguely remembering. Rachel Weisz was in it. I think she played the Wicked Witch. I I don't. It, I saw it. It's not like memorable enough for me to remember a lot about it. So now, speaking of Franco, is he done? Is did he at the end of the day did Me Too get him or what? What's happening? I don't know if Me Too got him. He haven't. I haven't heard from him in a while but i don't know if he was like canceled okay his was a his was one of the murkier like me too stories you know yeah i agree i i hope he sticks around just because i was always a fan of him um we should probably do an army hammer update too i feel like the public sentiment has gone negative for him since we brought light to his situation on the pod it was already it was already negative Yes, but I feel like things have gotten worse. His representation has dropped him. Yeah, um, the the one of the women that he was on uh, messaging on whatever it was, Instagram or Twitter or whatever, like apparently like turned on him. You know, it was just like f- saying it was all creepy now, despite being into it at the time. You know, I just want to say to Army, I know he listens. Army, you're welcome to come onto the pod anytime. And clear your name. We we are believers here on Spiel we'll, uh, Dion. We'll cut out our ribs and let you eat them. Yeah, we'd be happy to. Now, Sam, speaking of representation, uh, I would like to applaud, commend, give an award to the agents and managers for Pedro Pascal. Okay, because this guy gets cast in everything. Okay, and his team struck again this week. Sam, why don't you tell us about some casting news that I know you're excited about? Yeah, he he just got cast as the lead Joel in the Last of Us television show that's going to be on HBO and I think next year. Uh, and they cast uh, Bella Ramsey, who played Lyanna Stark, or sorry, not Lyanna Stark, Lyanna Mormont in Game of Thrones, the little girl in the last two seasons. Uh who went out like a boss in the the final season as uh, Ellie. So those are the two leads of the last of us television show. Um, you know, as if you, if you guys listen to my end, our end of year uh, best of the year, 2020 episode, you will know that my number one was the video game, the last of us part two. So I am heavily invested in this. I actually, I was surprised it was Pedro Pascal. I shouldn't be, but I was because, yeah, he's in everything now. But, you know, I can see it. I can actually see it. he He kind of, if he grows a beard out, he kind of will have the look. Um, having seen a bunch of his stuff, I can see him playing the part. Uh, she's a little bit tougher. She has a little bit of the look. But just only having seen her in Game of Thrones and she's a, she's got the British accent there, um, it's just harder to picture her as, as Ellie. But, um, you know, I, I have faith that, you know, she'll be able to, she probably, did a, you know, have good casting uh, or a good audition. So I have faith that she'll be like a good faithful. It's not that hard. She just to play like a 14 year old girl, you know, a normal 14 year old girl for the most part. So Pedro Pascal, life is good, but it could be better. Now, 
great Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, no one. Great Wonder Woman reference right there. Not a lot of people quoting Wonder Woman 1984, I'll tell you that much. But this podcast is doing it all. Yeah, no, I mean, his agents are doing a phenomenal job. This guy is in everything. Good for him. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I I, mean, he's, he's really getting the bag now, as the kids say. He's getting paid. You know what? I would have liked to see an American cast in this role. I mean, I understand. You know, I, I'm Pedro Pascal out. Would have liked He's to see somebody get another shot. But hey, I guess if you got big name IP, people are like, oh, the Mandalorian's a hit. Maybe that's partly to Pedro, even though he's in a mask the whole time. Let's hire him. He He's American, I, I believe. I think he's like... No way. Or, no, I'm pretty sure he's American, but his parents are from uh, South America or something. But it's funny uh, because when we watched News of the World, you brought up that that was a Mandalorian type show yeah so is this yeah this is this is gonna be similar as well uh, it's gonna be a much darker take but like it's very similar uh so he seems to be this is his niche uh just picking up some young some young person and having to escort them to a destination yeah well sam speaking of the mandalorian i, I think we can transition straight to palmer from there because actually, it also Palmer kind of has a sort of Mandalorian uh, storyline. There's an to adult it. and a child. Yeah. Adult and a child. Adult and a child. Yeah. Yes. So Sam, uh, I can't remember how Palmer, how we got this show, this movie on the show. Did I suggest it or did you suggest it? You did. You did. You know that makes sense because I am like the Apple TV Plus ambassador. Okay. No mm -hmm. one. I mean, clearly, I'm being paid by them. But, Sam, why don't you set this film up for our listeners and let us know what you thought. Uh, JT plays a a guy who just got out of prison for 12 years. And he goes back to live with his grandmother. And his grandmother is, is basically taking care of a young kid whose mother is a drug addict who lives on her property in a trailer. And she just kind of, like, looks after him. And... Uh, spoiler alert by the way his grandmother dies and he has to kind of start taking care of this kid because his mother who's played by Junu Temple of uh, of Ted Lasso um, just kind of disappears because she's a drug addict so it's just him taking care of this kid and the kid's like very, is um, an oddball kid like he's he's not normal well he is normal but he's just not he like bends gender boundaries he he what yeah, does. he dresses like a like, girl and he'll wear makeup this like i i'm i'm, I'm trying not to label the kid because this movie would hate me for labeling this kid because they don't particularly label the kid but um yeah he just is kind of he likes to dress like a girl he kind of just acts effeminate at times let's not get you know. so deep in sam what'd you think of this movie yeah. i liked it a lot but <laughs> um yeah, like this movie is a liberal wet dream, okay? It's like got so many like very Hollywood liberal themes in it, you know, like an ex-con being redeemed, a little queer kid like not are trying to fit in or not caring if he fits in with all the the straight kids in the deep south by the way. Like it's uh it's just got all these like themes that liberals are going to like really love. And I really I think it works for me, honestly. Like it's a very sweet story. JT is is really good. I thought the kid is really good. You probably hate the kid because you hate all kid actors. That's the theme of your of this podcast for you. But um, you know, I just I thought it was a really good movie. 
to be honest. I like this film as well. Now, and I actually like this kid. I, I thought he was a, a strong actor. Um, it's a very small film. Uh, and I, I like that about this film. It's very specific. Uh, but it, it, I, the reason I think people like it, like you said, very sweet. But it's a classic redemption story. So this guy gets out of prison. And we just see this guy try to get his life back on track. And the relationship that he has with the kid is very sweet. We see this, you know, guy who's rough around the edges, you know, warm up and really take in this, you know, sweet, emotional kid. And, you know, it's a very small movie. Like, one of the big moments of the film is when he gets, like, the keys to the school from, like, the other gender. Like, okay, now you've earned, like, your own set of keys. You know, so that that was cool. Uh, You know, I'm curious about talking about Pedro Pascal and his agents. I would be curious to know what the discussion was that led JT to this movie. I mean, this is JT is he's still like the A list of the A list in terms of celebrities, right? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Not not necessarily as an actor, but I, I I'm surprised that there wasn't more like offers on the table than this, like this tiny drama that's going to Apple TV Plus. Do you know what I mean? But do you think that this or is this like a move that's like setting him up for future starring roles? Do you think? I'm sure it was thought about. Like, I'm sure he has smart representation. I don't know if it's meant for him to like get into more of these like starring roles, but this movie didn't have a lot of promotion, as far as I can tell. I saw a couple ads on YouTube, but like nothing on television. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know if if somebody just came to him with this, and he like because he's a southerner, if he identified with it as a southerner or something like that, or. If, like, you know, if you were to little... release this movie in theaters, it would make no money. Yeah. Not that well, it costs much to make, but I, I can't see any. Like, this would be a really tough movie to market, I feel like. I don't know. I mean, a normal year, it might it might do OK. I mean, if a normal year, he'd be out promoting the crap out of it. What do know? you mean? Do OK. Put a number that's like box office success, like non-pandemic I mean, it's, times it's, for this. The was, yeah, this wasn't going to like blow out of the. I mean, movies now. You got all the the franchises and the big, you know, the big like spectacle movies that make the ton of money. This wouldn't make a ton of money, but I don't no. think it would do. Ter- I don't think it would do bad. So you think it would make you know, thirty million dollars total theatrical run? Oh, yeah, I think that's easily doable. With I'm JT not, as a star, I'm not sure it is. I mean, this is such a small film. I really don't know. I, I don't know if it would have found a wide enough release for numbers like I that. Mean, he's, he, he has got a, such a massive fan base just from his music and his entertainment in general. Like, he does, and he's yet he's doing Palmer. You know, I, a movie that I like, but like, I'm just, I don't know. I'm surprised that he's, they've not found a bigger vehicle for him to star in. Well, you know, let's, I'm going to, I'm going to nitpick on the movie here. Uh, the one thing that's weird is like I get that he's neighbors with the kid's mom, but it's we he could see like into their trailer from his front door, you know, and it's so it's like he can always see what's going on in their trailer. He knows when they're doing crack and that sort of thing. It's just kind of weird. Uh, and then you know, there's a scene where like the kid's crying and he's like, "Palmer, Palmer, I'm gonna miss you. I'm gonna miss you." It's like you live ten feet away. Okay, it's gonna be all right, kid. Don't worry about it. I liked the woman who played the teacher, also Palmer's love interest. Now, did you know that JT got in, you know, in a little trouble when this movie was being filmed last year? I recall that there was some tabloid stuff about him 
maybe having had an affair was it with this woman yeah photos emerged of them holding hands in new orleans so Ooh. yeah but i guess he this he, was another he, he had by to the move way to montana this, to cover this up this the woman is a uh a black teacher in in a deep southern like very white area and they have an interracial relationship so another you know check mark on the the liberal wet dream there well i think we are both in favor of palmer so people if you've not used that apple tv plus you know free trial go ahead and add palmer to your watch list well sam let's keep things moving and let's talk about uh the new york times presents a docuseries on hulu there are six episodes now and we're just talking about the most recent one which is a hour 15 minute long documentary called the framing of britney spears which takes a look at a online community that uh fights or fights for britney's fight against her father who is a, her conservator who basically controls her finances and her what she can do in her personal life and that sort of thing sam why don't you take this what did you think of framing britney spears on hulu This is a really good documentary. Um, I thought it does. It does a great job of walking you through Britney Spears life up to when this conservatorship happened and like basically laying out like all these things that back in the day that the tabloids and like just the media in general displayed as crazy. were all really like justifiable actions, you know, things in her life that were just spinning out of control. So like it just does a great job of showing how, you know, it's easy to call these things crazy, but they really weren't crazy. You know, they were she was having problems in her personal life or whatever, and she just talking about like her shaving her head and that sort of thing. Yeah, shaving her head and like uh, marrying Kevin Federline and all and all these things that people were like, this is weird at the time and made fun of her at the time. Like it does a great job of walking you through each of those things and what was happening in her life and why it really wasn't crazy. And then, um, you know, I thought that was a great thing to go to hit on the theme with Justin Timberlake. They mentioned him briefly in this. They kind of drag him. Uh, this is one. Th- That's probably the part I didn't like the most, just because they talk about how he broke up with her and he accused her of cheating on him and made uh, made the song. What was this? What's the song? Cry Me a River. Right, made Cry Me a River about it. But they don't, and they they kind of in, um, they kind of suggest that like maybe he did something and not her, and just did it as like a way to spin it and make that song about her. But they don't really say what it was. Like they kind of drag him without actually like showing any reason why he would have done all those things. They just didn't play a, a interview clip of him on the radio, uh, radio interview clip of him, you know, basically bragging about having had sex with her. Um, it was really like the worst thing they could say about him. Sam, explain this documentary's goal in 20 seconds or less. Go. Well, it's to end this conservatorship, basically. Or to to not to end it, but to show that this conservatorship is probably unjust and needs to go away. And did the film do that for you? Yeah, it did. I mean, well, it did in the sense that like it explains the stuff that led up to the conservatorship, like I was saying. I think it will. It really lays out well that 
those were unjustified concerns about her her mental health at the time and it does a good job of showing that she i feel like it does a good job of showing that she has not been looked after appropriately whether it's her her physical or her mental health physical health or her uh, monetary health i am gonna go ahead and say i think this is a lousy documentary and i don't think people should watch it i think this has two major flaws okay one is the filmmaking. I thought this was lousy documentary filmmaking. And then two, the New York Times is attached to this. I thought that this was terrible journalism and awful reporting. Okay, let's start with the reporting part and why I say that. Uh, because the two closest sources that they were able to get to Britney for this film were some guy who was her backup dancer from 1998 to 2004 and then also some woman who, a middle-aged woman, who claims to have been Britney's assistant slash friend. But all we really have proof of is a picture of the two of them together. And actually, this woman is actually a very sad character. Uh, I think she's just, you know, waiting for Britney to come back and be her friend again. And then I also thought the filmmaking was terrible. Uh, it takes... So at first, we don't really get to the conservatorship angle for a while. First, it's like the history of Britney Spears, because I guess they have to make these things as if no one's ever heard of them. And I did not find it to be that captivating. There's, I mean, there's hundreds and thousands of hours of Britney Spears on television. And I, I did not think that the greatest hits compilation that they did for her history was moving or interesting at all, given everything that's out there. And then I just thought this was lousy documentary filmmaking. They did not start getting footage for this until, uh, I mean, had to be June at the earliest. Almost. This was put together quickly and haphazardly. And just as an example, the ending of the film, when we find that like it's it's the ending of the film is the most recent, I guess, court appearance for Britney's father, you know, people trying to take down the conservatorship. The way it's depicted in the film is there's these random people out on the streets holding signs for Britney. And so we read one of them where we watch one of them read the news of what happened in the courtroom from a news article on their phone. And they shoot this with really nice cameras, but it's like you couldn't get the cameras closer to what was actually happening. And I feel like that's just a microcosm for what's wrong with this film. It's just gorgeous cameras, nowhere near the action. And I feel like it really missed an opportunity. It's an interesting topic, but I feel like they did a horrible job turning it into a film. I'm going to rebut both of those because for what to go to... Please do. What you're saying about the clips from her past, they weren't... I don't think they were trying to establish any emotional connection to Britney. They, I mean, they are, well, but, obviously they are, but they, but what's they, the point of making the, a movie if you're not trying to establish the an goal, emotional the goal of showing her past was to walk you through what led her to being, getting this conservatorship established by her father. Right. So it, it walks you from like her starting out, but then like increasingly, yeah, I agree with that, but it takes way too long to do that. In my opinion, or, it's like, it over, it's like over a half an hour into the movie before like they, really make the turn towards this conservatorship battle. I think it does a, a good job of like laying out everything so you can see that, you know, I've already said that. Um, the other point about just the way it was made or what well, you say, the bad journalism, I should say. Uh, I, I disagree in the sense of like, because of the conservatorship, they can't get anyone close to like, they can't get Brittany. Cause she has, 
she has no control over that. Like her father has to consent. They're not going to get her father. They're not going to get the lawyers, right? The best they could do, like in that sense, was they got a lawyer who used to work on the case, and then they tell you that she goes back, but it was working for her father. So like on the against Brittany. So like they're not going to get anyone close to Brittany because they literally can't without permission from the the father and his legal team. Yes, and I think that's the movie though. It's like them trying to get to Britney by any way possible to see if she's all right, to see if she's being held against her will. But instead they just do it with a graphic at the end, like, oh, we weren't able to reach Britney or anybody who mattered. Well, that should be a bigger part of the film, I think. Show us you like you making the effort to try to reach these people. Well, uh, so here's, I, I've actually like seen a couple documentaries about these things and it's something that terrifies me, conservatorships, because like anyone, like you could do this to a random old person that you have no relationship to if you have the legal know-how and enough money. Like it uh, it mostly applies to old people, which they talk about in the movie. But, you know, you can get a conservatorship over somebody and just bleed them dry of money. It happens all the time. I, I saw, I don't remember the name of it. I was trying to remember, but it was uh, a documentary. I think I was on Netflix about this. And like there's people who are vultures out there and just do this to old people all the time. And they just like, put them up in nursing homes and just steal all their money, steal their homes. It's, it's crazy how, how easy this is to do for some people with just enough money and enough know-how. So I like, to me, this shows like how little information can get out from a, a, how little control over a, a person can have over the narrative of their own story once they get put under one of these, including Britney Spears. Well, Sam, let's so, get like, back to this film to rebut what, you, what I said about the filmmaking. Because I, I still feel like it's well, I, amateurish. I, I didn't, well, I, I would I agree to some some extent. They do focus too much on the the sort of conspiracy theorists who are kind of right, but you're not really sure how right they are. I think Brittany is playing into them just because she sees it's on she can see it online and it's like I don't know that she really like identifies with these people or knows that like or agrees with their stances. I think they're mostly just like crazy conspiracy theorists with a sort of benevolent cause. But um, yeah, they've relied too much on them. I feel like they rely. I agree. Like why, if the courtroom was open to the public, why couldn't they have put a journalist in the courtroom? Um, so I'm not going to disagree with some of that stuff, but just in general, I didn't, I didn't just, dis, I didn't dislike how they walk you through Brittany's life to kind of set up why the conservatorship itself is unnecessary. Well, you have to walk through her life, but, but my point is that it was just sloppily done. And you have all these resources of Hulu and the New York Times, and this is what we get. Well, I just, I guess I disagree. I, you know, maybe it's just because I'm more morbidly interested in this this topic in general of conservatorships. But, um, you know, I, I didn't find it to be that bad. Well, anybody out there, any of our listeners looking for a conservator, you can email Sam at spellinganddealing at gmail.com. I'm going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and deal. And we're back. You know, we got to start dealing here with the biggest quarterback news of the week, probably ever. Taylor Heineke. Taylor, Taylor Heineke signs, re-signs with the Washington football team. I know you're excited. I Well, I mean, I guessed it before you said it, so obviously I'm excited. I saw it possibly $8 million total. I, I mean, I, I like this swing by the Washington football team. 
Well, noted Trump supporter Taylor Heineke. Good for you. He okay. came the closest to dethroning Brady this year. So hey, you know, you gotta gotta give him get get paid. Close is relative, but yeah. It was closer. Um speaking of Brady, did you see the footage from the Super Bowl parade, boat parade, first ever Super Bowl boat parade? I have not. Tell me about it. <laughs> so you know, first, uh, you haven't seen this footage of him throwing the Lombardi trophy from one boat to another. He throws it to Gronk. I have not seen it. Ar- so. Arguably better than any of his passes in the Super Bowl. He just tosses the Lombardi probably a good, like, 20 feet acro- from one boat across the water to another boat to Gronk. It looks like, you know, I always assume that thing was heavy. It doesn't look that bad. Like, it didn't look like it was super heavy. So, you know, I was, I was very pleased to see that they actually caught it it didn't get it it didn't hit the water and sink to the bottom of the ocean so you know the lombardi trophy is safe and sound for now that's why but the other the other funny clip was after they were done a guy had to literally help tom brady walk away he was so hammered really yes he was like so hammered he could barely walk straight uh and he was smiling like ear to ear but he had to be like helped away from the crowd I've never seen Brady, like you've never seen him like that in public before. Well, hey, seven is, Super Bowl titles, he's earned it. Well, uh, is a TV twelve method? Is is he losing interest in it? All right, he's getting hammered now. Well, his book says that if you are going to drink alcohol, the key to recovery is two glasses of water for every serving of alcohol you have. That's all it takes. So well, keep that in mind, pretty, people. He was pretty blasted, so he is so he was hammered just like he hammered the Chiefs. Boom, got it. Moving on to other quarterback news. You know, the Packers drafted Jordan Love last season, and some say that spurred Aaron Rodgers to one of his best seasons ever. But it was a different type of love, I argue, that spurred him to his best season ever. It was Shailene Woodley. Him and Shailene Woodley are now engaged in love. Was she the reason he was the MVP of of the league this year? So we're gonna go with uh, he ha- Brady was hammered like he hammered the Chiefs, and then a Jordan Love Shailene Woodley thing back to back, huh? I like yeah. this. I like. Uh, I I don't remember what the exact question was leading into this. Uh, interesting choice though. You know, I think they're gonna be a good celebrity couple though, just because uh, they're both kind of weird. Uh, I've read in articles in the past that she doesn't own a TV, so and you know you know Aaron Rodgers is kind of weird. He doesn't you know he believes in UFOs and that sort of thing, so. I'm very excited to see where, where this couple leads going forward. That is, I don't, I don't She doesn't own a TV. No, That's, that is. I don't uh, know how she watches Aaron, his games. Yeah, seriously. How does she even know who he is? Uh, let's go on to college basketball. This year, the blue bloods of college basketball. So Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke, like Michigan State, Kansas. They all suck, all right? They're all, you know, they suck, but they're not great, okay? They're all, they're, I don't think any of them are ranked. They're not very good. Is this good or bad for college basketball? I know you're not big into it, but I am. But, like, you know, I think one of the great equalizers of college basketball is the co- is the tournament where anyone can win. All these teams are kind of out of it this year. Is this good for, the ba- for college basketball? Well... Yeah, I am definitely out of it so far. I've not watched any live sports 
since the conclusion of the Super Bowl. Uh, I may not until the tournament starts again uh, in March. Listen, I I like the big name programs in there, and I, I listen. I, I have no idea what's going on in college basketball right now, but I, I hope Duke, Kentucky. Uh, Michigan State's uh, all these blue blood programs make the tournament. So I think it's more fun when they're around. You know, I, I I want all the names there. So you know, and that's that's really what my, the heart of my question is. Like, the part the the charm of the tournament is that anyone can win. You know, the Cinderella stories. But this year, the blue bloods like, and we I think we are both on the page that like traditional powerhouses in any sport really make it better. Like, just make the them being good as much as we want our own teams to win makes the sport better, um, makes it more watchable, more enjoyable to watch overall. So, you know, with college basketball, it's a little bit the opposite, but I I'm, I can't tell myself whether I, I like this or not. I like the Kansas sucks um, since West Virginia plays Kansas, beat them another day. But, I, you know, I'm not sure whether the college basketball or the, the NCAA tournament will be a more watchable event with like a big open field that anyone can win. Let's shift complete gears from team sports to individual NASCAR. sports. Daytona. Uh, not what I was going oh. for. But um, so golf. The PGA is now going to allow players to use range finders. What do you think of this? This is a crazy story to me. I don't like it. Okay. It's going away from the tradition of the game. Too much technology involved. What effect is it going to have? I think it could drop scores a little bit just so that now these guys have exact numbers in their head. I think these guys usually have exact yardages in their head just because, you know, their caddies are pretty good at getting things within a yard or two. Um, But now we're going to have a little more certainty. But at the end of the day, you still have to account for the wind and that sort of thing. But it will be interesting. I I don't like it just from a classical perspective. But maybe scores will drop a little bit. Who knows? Let me clarify by saying they're only allowing it so far in the PGA Championship, the men's, the women's, and the senior. So that's the only tournament that's going to be actually used in, or they're going to allow this in this year. Um, And they can't use anything that tells you elevation or slopes or could like recommend a line on a putt, say. So like none of that, only a range finder um, for distance. Uh, I agree. I don't like it. However, I was reading up on the subject and, you know, and like caddies when they, cause the caddies are going to go out walk the course. Um, they play a bunch of practice rounds and that's how they get all the yards marks. And they usually use range finders in the practice rounds. So how big a difference it is. I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't, I don't think I would like the optics of it. You know, like I see dudes on the court when we put, when we play golf, you see dudes on the course, bust out some high tech range finder. And it's like, I kind of wish I had one, but at the same time, I like playing the old school way sometimes where you just like try and find the yardage marker on the course and like, you know, range it yourself. Um, that said, we always love when we get one of those carts with the high tech, you know, stuff in it that like tells us exactly how far we are. Hell yeah. I haven't uh, I, I like the old school ones that you shoot off the mirrors, like those little laser guns. I always like those. Yeah. Those are those are hard. I have I have a really sh- like crappy one that's like a little scope, mm. and you kind of like have to hold it steady, and it's still like it just like has three lines like of yardage, and it's really inaccurate and terrible. I barely ever use it. It was mm. like ten bucks or something, but uh, yeah, from a, from an optic standpoint, I, I don't know if I love this. I just like seeing like Tiger Woods pull out a rangefinder instead of pulling out his yard his uh his little booklet in his back pocket with all his yardages in it. 
it just seems like less pure somehow. But um, ultimately, I don't think it's going to make a big difference. Um, maybe like it'll save someone a shot here or there, but I don't think the score is going to go down significantly. Lastly, I want to talk about another sort of uh, sports technology, quote unquote, story. So baseball is going to stop juicing. I use that loosely. The the balls, they're basically going to deaden some of their their baseballs so that like less home runs are getting hit. You are already only a playoff baseball guy. Like you don't watch any or follow any baseball until it's the playoffs. Uh, do you think it's better that like they're trying to like tamp down world home runs in general? Yes, I think so. And I plan to report on this story come October. I'm going to let people know what is going on with this ball. I promise. <laughs> uh, Besides your facetiousness, I actually, uh, I do like this. I think it I wasn't will, being facetious. So, I come October, I'm going to lay down my verdict on what I think of this ball. Um, I, I like this in general. You know, home runs have gone through the roof, but so have strikeouts because guys are just trying to hit home runs. I think if if it's harder to hit home runs, you'll see that people become all around better hitters because they stop just like trying to blast the ball all the time the uh the other interesting thing about this is so the i was reading about it the balls are made in costa rica right so a very temperate humid climate um down near the you know in central america so they it was a lot of technical like reasons why the balls are so soft now and it was partly because of like the atmosphere in which they're made and then when they come up to the states but they're installing humidors. They have five humidors currently, and they're installing five more in parks across baseball to like keep these at a like a specific like humidity and temperature before they come out. That's crazy to me. Like right, like that's kind of nuts to have balls in a humidor before they have to like be played. So, do you have uh, pitchers and uh, catchers reported yet? Is that what's going on here? Uh, no, no, not yet. They don't report till. It's got to be the next couple of weeks. Oh, I feel yeah, like. it's, it's probably soon, but they yeah. haven't reported yet. Uh, I want. I don't know if they. I think they just agreed. You know what? I'll have to look this up. They just agreed. I think between the players' association, or they're, maybe they're still working on a deal for this season. I think between the players' association and and the, and, uh, the league about like exactly because they they're talking about installing a permanent DH in both leagues. And they may not play a full season again. And there may not be a full spring training. But I, I don't know if they've made a deal yet. I don't think they have. Anyway, I'm looking forward to the baseball season. Uh, you know, the Phillies should be much improved. So Okay, yeah, let's let's wrap the episode up here. Let's go Phils. Uh Sam, before we get off here, uh please uh Elon Musk was on Rogan today. Uh, please first give us, you know, your general assessment, and then why don't you just give us an hour-by-hour hour breakdown of the convo. What did you learn? You know, Elon was Elon. Rogan was Rogan. Nailed it. Nailed it. There you go. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. I've been Patrick. He's been Sam. We will catch you next time. Email us anytime at shpillionandealing at gmail.com. Catch you later. Instagram. Instagram. Catch you later.